Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Dell. for those of you who don't know me. And uh, we're continuing our series this morning in the Jesus way. Now, here's a question for you. Um, how much do you lie? Now, before you answer, um, you should know something. Uh, people lie a lot. Um, in fact, they lie more than they know. So uh, there's actually been experiments done where they get people, you know, in a social interaction and film them for 10 minutes um, and then just count the number of lies. Um, and the average number of lies told in a 10-minute span is about three a minute. Okay, if we use a strict definition of that. Now, what's interesting is when you bring the people back in and say, you know, you had a nice conversation, how many times did you lie? Guess what people say? We didn't lie. Now, they're not only not lying about that. It's, it's the fact that a lot of times they didn't know. So they, they, they break the tape down and uh, show it to them. And they're like, wow, like, like, there it is, right on tape. But didn't even know it. Because lying is such a part of human life um, that in many ways it becomes automatic. Or we might say it this way. Um, the person that you lie most to is who? Yeah, and the, the scripture talks about the danger of self-deception because uh, it's sort of like a runaway train in the sense that uh, to the degree that we're lying to ourselves and don't know it, it's, there's no corrective, right? It just, it's, um, we're blind to that. And so the scripture has a lot to say about the subject that we're going to de- delve into. But I think you should also know that even animals lie. Yes, it's true. Um, the more intelligent, the more advanced, the more social the species, the more there's lying. So there's many examples of this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the gorilla Coco and the long experiment with her. They actually taught this gorilla sign language and was able to communicate on a pretty high level with the researcher. Coco was interesting. Um, uh, at one point, she told the researcher that she wanted a cat. And so they actually got her a cat. Um, there's lots of pictures of Coco who loved her cat. Um, she named the cat. She would get mad at the cat um, and sign, you know, dirty words about the cat. And, and uh, grieved when the cat died. Now, it's interesting, in the middle of one of the interactions, Coco was having a bad day, lost her temper, ripped the sink off of her, the wall of her room, um, and then, you know, felt regret. And the researcher came in, you know, they had it on video, um, and Coco actually took the cat, put it under the sink, and when the researcher walked in, said, signed, the cat did it. <laughs> okay? Um, and so, you know, there is, what, what I want to point to here is that we're hardwired into our bi- biology. Like, we are, we are wired to survive. In that sense, there is, a, there, is a, there is an inclination deep in us and in, in the species, uh, you know, to, um, to self-preserve, both physically but also socially. Um, and so it's a part, it's part of uh, who we are. And uh, it's interesting that even babies, you know, as cute as they are, little liars. I mean, by six months, babies are learning to fake cry. You know, they're learning to, you know, throw fake pamper tantrums. They're manipulating outcomes. They're just not very good at it. So we sometimes think it's cute. Um, you've probably all been in this, you know, seen the scenario, did you eat the chocolate? No. I mean, are you sure you didn't eat the chocolate? No. I mean, uh, and so one way to think about human development is that we are practicing our deception skills. And so, you know, basically over time, uh, we become more proficient at this. So by the time that you're in 
adolescence or, you know, into early adulthood, we've become pretty good. And so 80% of the time of, you know, the lying, uh, we get away with it, you know. Um, in fact, uh, super kind of alarming in a way, but, like, human beings do not like internal, like, it's called cognitive dissonance. We don't like internal unpleasant tension. Um, and so... Um, most of the lying that we do, you know, uh, and through the course of our life and all kinds of scenarios is done without categorizing it as lying. So if you were to ask someone, are you basically honest? They would say yes. Um, and what we probably mean by that is that we don't lie about important things. Um, and over time, we don't, we don't categorize all the small ways that we're nuancing um, things in all kinds of directions, trying to control outcomes as lying. So it doesn't even register in our conscience uh, as being a problem because it's sort of wishful, the researchers call it wishful blindness. Now, the question then becomes, like, why? I mean, why all the lying? And we've kind of touched on it a little bit here, but there's incredible incentive and utility um, to, you know, to, to lying. So these are some of the reasons, you know, just for your reflection on, on why people lie. So we, we want to avoid consequences. It's just a simple matter of, like, not wanting painful outcomes or wanting to achieve rewards. And so, you know, it's a temptation there to, uh, to manipulate that. We want to protect our interest. So, um, you know, we just, we, we want good outcomes and not bad. And so sometimes lying seems like the quickest path to that. We want to enhance our image. Um, you know, a majority of the lying among human beings, including when I look at my own self, um, a lot of times it's just wanting people to think well of me, right? Just wanting wanting people not to discover something that is negative or wanting to enhance and just project a sense of good so that I could be admired or whatever. And so, uh, you know, it's a motivation there to conserve resources. You know, we don't have limitless time and energy and we, don't, we like and don't like certain things and it's sometimes hard to say that. So if you're getting invited over to something, to a function that you know is going to be boring or drain your energy, I mean, and you don't want to say, well, that's going to be boring. No, you know? And so, and so uh, you know, we make, we're make, we make up reasons. And again, there's a lot could be said about here. Obviously, we're not advocating brutal honesty where we're, where we're being unloving or whatever in the name of honesty, but we want to spare other people's feelings. Um, it's interesting, a lot of studies have done on this, but we don't want, we don't want to hurt people, which is good, but, but, uh, but it's a temptation also to not be honest. Okay? Now, the humorist Mark Twain said this. Um, he said, people are never more truthful in light of this than when they just simply acknowledge themselves to be liars. And he was, you know, making a little bit of a pun there and a joke. But I think he's also tapping into something profound here, that we should all take a deep breath. I know we're in church. I know we, we consider ourselves to be good people. Um, we're a bunch of liars. Can we just all kind of like start with that premise that it's woven into our interactions um, all of us lie at various places to ourselves, to God, to others. Um, we lie more than we know. We, lay in, we lie in ways that are subconscious. Um, and, uh, you know, we should probably be asking the question, a more productive question than if we lie, which is what I asked you at the beginning, or how much we lie. A probably more productive question is to ask, why do we lie? Why do we lie? Because Lying in our, in our, our lying our, in our temptations to be dishonest actually can be incredible guides to the deeper things of our spirit and our hearts and to our motivations, which we tend to live with lack of awareness 
about, and therefore we don't transform. We don't change because we're not aware of the things that are actually feeding um, our, our, our souls. And so when we ask the question, or we pay attention to, where do we lie, when do we lie, uh, why do we lie, and we actually pay attention to that, it can become an incredible thing before the Lord to, number one, break self-deception, but also to give us clues um, into the deeper things of our, of our soul and our spirit. And I'm going to talk to you why this is so important here in a minute and why Jesus cares about honesty so much is not because he's got this category system where he thinks the good people don't lie and the bad people lie. That would be way too, you know, that would not be accurate. It's because he cares about the transformation of human life and for us walking in fullness, peace, goodness, beauty, joy, and strength. He cares about the outcomes of our lives and of this world that we live in. He cares about human society and he knows how these things work. Um, and he will tell us, as we're seeing in a second here, that he has come to set us free by the truth. Okay? Now, um, here's some things for your consideration of why honesty actually really matters. Number one, lying increases lying. So uh, when, when we give place or a foothold to dishonesty, starting with self-deception, uh, and you were to leave that alone, would your guess be that that would get better on its own or worse? Well, the, the research really shows that, it, that it, lying is a trajectory. It's a way of life. It builds momentum. Secondly, when we lie, it has unintended consequences. So when you lie, sometimes you have to lie again to do what? To cover your lie. Um, we live in so many webs of this that it actually is difficult to keep track who we've told what to who, right? And so this creates a, a tremendous energy drain. Um, in, our, in our psyches, in our, in our souls, in our spirits. A lot of sideways energy simply covering over the impression management that we have. This, this creates tremendous amounts of stress. So lying is increasing the stress load um, of life over time. Uh, lying undermines trust. So if you've ever been lied to or lied in a relationship, you know that, uh, that when that's discovered, when you can't cover your tracks in that, or it's, it kind of unwinds on you, um, it creates distance, right, in relationships. Because even if you've forgiven, you don't know whether, you know, that's, if it's happened once, it could happen again. So trust is at stake. And really, if you delve into this a level deeper and think about it, intimacy is at stake. So the only way that you can be truly loved is if you are known, Right? And I have people all the time who come into the counseling office who are very successful on many uh, facets of their life, but they feel like at some level their life is a lie because they're projecting on so many levels like an impression management kind of system that they feel like every, their success, their promotions, their relationships, all the stuff has been built on somehow on a shaky foundation. And they wonder, and the big question of the human heart would be, if people really knew me, like if people really knew the real me, would I be loved? So oftentimes the motivation to lie, I want you to notice here, and the ways that lying happens is not because we are necessarily uh, not operating from good longings. Our longings were God-given, they're created to be loved, to be known, um, and uh, we want to be secure, right? All those things are God-given needs that we meet through dishonesty in a, in a destructive 
way. Um, and probably most pertinently, if you think about your life or society as a whole, lying is simply a sideways way to avoid the real issue. Would you agree with me about that? It's just it's a way to get around real issues. When you get around the real issue, what happens to the issue? It's not really addressed, right? So you're not really meaningfully addressing issues. When you don't, when you don't meaningfully address issues, it becomes an environment where all kinds of evil can foster, right? And grow and develop and become more complex. Um, and, you know, you can say a lot of things about evil, but it's complicated, right? Evil is just complicated. It creates a, a self-destructive and destructive cycles that unweave all of life. Um, and so we could say that lying actually is, is ultimately a contribution to the perpetuation, not the actual addressment of the real issues of life. And so into this comes the beautiful teaching way and life of Jesus, um, who had a lot to say about fundamental things of the human heart, including the truth, including lying. And according to Jesus, I can sum up his teaching in this. Uh, we can walk in one of two ways. We can either walk in the truth or, that, and we can, or we can walk in lies. And then Jesus will show us that each way that we choose to walk here is actually a way. It actually has a source of power um, and motivation behind it. And it also has its own language, actually an entire language um, that supports it. So let's look, to, look at Jesus here in his words. John chapter 8, interesting. Jesus in a dialogue with the religious teachers of his day it's a long dialogue here, but I'm summarizing. He says, I don't, I don't do anything, guys, um, on my own. In fact, every word that I speak is just what you know, the Father's taught me. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay, he's dialoguing with these guys. Um, a little later in the same dialogue, they're giving him pushback and this kind of thing, and he says, why is my language not clear to you? Like, do you, not, do you not understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm using the language of truth here. Why is it not clear to you? Because you belong to your father, the devil. Speaking of the devil, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's the liar and the father of lies. Yet I'm telling you the truth and you do not believe me. Now, it's interesting. Jesus is saying something fundamental here, right? There's two ways to walk in life, um, to deal with life as it is. There is the way of truth, and all that that leads to, there's the way of lies. The way of truth is being sourced by God himself, who the scripture tells us does not lie. In fact, there is no shadow of darkness. There's no shadow of lying, dishonesty in him. Um, there's, a, there's a source there, and it has a, it has a particular language where the, the way of lies is being sourced by the destructive power of the devil, who by very nature is a liar. And then he has, it's interesting here, lying is his native language. There's an entire language and way of interacting that comes from this way that does not lead to life. Now, here's what Jesus knew. Again, he wasn't trying to put people in a bucket of good and bad. He was trying to give us, he was trying to give us the secret to the transformation of human life. And what he knew is that honesty turns a person from a perpetuator or a victim of evil 
into a powerful agent of change. Because when a person is honest about anything, the problem at hand can be fixed. Okay, and I, I could spend a lot of time on this, but this is why the first step of recovery right, is always going to be honesty. Until there is honesty and acknowledgement of the problem for what it is, you're not at square one in terms of being able to be fixed, which is why there's all kinds of other scriptures that talk about the person that wants to walk with God, wants to engage the path of truth, begins where? With honest acknowledgement. Requires humility. We've talked about this a lot here. But it's, it's, you know, Christianity is not about good people who self-correct their problems and then impress God with how good they are. It's actually the opposite story. It's people who are willing to acknowledge that they have needs and issues that are present and profound and that they need help for, right? And this is the story of the gospel that Jesus is, is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He is forgiving us. He's giving us the deep kind of love and unconditional regard that addresses the deepest longings of our hearts so that we don't need the path of taking that into our own hands and trying to manipulate it, okay? This is why um, in secular wisdom, this is acknowledged, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom, but it's also something fundamentally to know about Jesus, that he is essentially a person who will tell you the truth. And if there were a better way, he'd be the first to tell you because he is committed to not a system or protecting his rights, but to giving the path, actually, of truth to anyone who seeks it. Um, and which is why we would say that in the way of Jesus, there is this promise, this invitation to be free from deception and full of honesty. So the question then becomes, how, how do we begin to walk the Jesus way of honesty? Now, a lot could be said about this. Um, I'm going to summarize this in one particular place of Jesus' teaching in his famous sermon on the mount where he says this profound thing in Matthew 5, uh, verses 34 to 37. He says this, uh, when it comes to the affairs of human interaction, keep it simple. Just a yes, I will, or a no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Now, Small sentence, Jesus is the master of life, giving us profound wisdom. It's because, see, he came into a culture that, just like ours, was full of all kinds of noise. And people were arguing and negotiating. In fact, they had a whole system of, of negotiating with each other, and you can read about it in that chapter, where they would have different levels that they would swear that they were telling the truth on, you know, to make deals. You know, by Jerusalem, by the Holy Temple, I swear by the, you know, they, and what it actually was was code for we're negotiating, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving you the full, I'm not being fully transparent. I'm actually trying to manipulate the outcomes to my advantage. And this is going back and forth. And, and, and Jesus is saying, like, like, in the middle of the noise of all of this, you know, lying, essentially, there is, there is destruction. I'm giving you a different way, which is a way of living with God and others that is based in the simplicity of just being honest. Okay? And what's involved in this, though, is a lot. 
I mean, and, I, and just a few things that I've jotted down from this text. To just let your yes be yes and your no, no means that you've got to stop trying to manipulate the outcomes. Okay, now I don't, again, I don't have a lot of time here, but wow, what would life be like for you and me if we were to realize that we as human beings are not in control of outcomes? We can make decisions, we can control ourselves, but guess what we can't control? Control other people, we can't control tomorrow, we can't control the future, we can't control circumstances. That's frightening, right? And so we take all kinds of matters into our own hands, which leads to all kinds of destructive behavior because we're trying to manipulate people. We're trying to get what we think we absolutely have to have from others to survive and to thrive or to get advantage or to avoid consequences. We think all of that is on our shoulders and therefore we strive, we exhaust ourselves, we lie, we create unending messes, right, in human life. What, what, were, what if we were to know what Jesus knew, which is at this very moment, in the middle of the mess, as we actually are, that we're absolutely loved by God. That we're, actually, that we're absolutely safe because we're forgiven and adopted as sons and daughters. That our future, although we're going to suffer and go through all kinds of things in life, that the end of the story is already written, that you'll be resurrected and, and, and brought into glory of the recreation of all things, that you'll be given a place at the table because of, of what God's done for you, that, that God's love um, is, is deeper and wider and broader than any other thing. Like, what if we lived in that reality and we knew that to the core of our being and we, and we rehearsed that, do you think that would change the way we went about identifying and meeting the needs, the deeper needs of our hearts? Do you think there would be as much energy in the need to manipulate or control? Do you think it would be possible to take a deep breath and keep it simple and actually just say yes or no? Knowing that you can trust that God has your back. I mean, it's incredible what Jesus said there. What if we chose, because we're safe and we're loved, to actually make the goal of all of our interactions the good of the other person rather than the person being there to be used by us for our needs? Do you think that would change our interactions? What if we remembered that real change beginning with us, can only really happen in our lives and eventually everything we touch by starting with what's actually true? And what if we weren't afraid of it because we knew we had a resource that even at our worst, God loved us and will never let us go? See, it would set our hearts free. This is why Jesus said the truth sets us what? Free, yeah. What if, what if we remembered every single day and reviewed it intentionally whose we are and who we want to be and what, what's possible for us um, because of what Jesus has done and is doing and will do See, in our lives. Like, it would change everything, right? And it's interesting, even on the secular level, the one thing that has been hel helpful um, to get people to, you know, to, to, to be more honest 
is actually the exercise of remembering who you've been, who you are, and who you want to be. When those things are present in the mind, it changes the vision of that changes what we do right now. It's only by the wishful blindness, the unwillingness to look, the unwillingness to ask questions, um, the unwillingness to feel the tension inside of ourselves that we go on unchecked, right, in destructive and dishonest ways. Um, and so here is the good news of the gospel this morning to you. You are loved. You actually have the context because of Jesus' unending love for you and his knowledge of you, who knows you even better than you know yourself and still loves you. You have the incredible opportunity in the moment to actually be safe enough to come out of hiding and to acknowledge to yourself and to your God, ultimately to the people closest to you, who you really are, what you really long for, what you really need. You have the resources from heaven to give up on trying to control and manipulate the outcomes of your life. You have the unbelievable invitation of Jesus to be free. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the simplicity and the power of the love of God in the face of Jesus Christ that provides a context where it's safe enough to dare to be honest about ourselves, about our longings, about our dreams, about our destructive patterns, to step out of the craziness of all the lying and the attempts to manipulate outcomes and to be truly free and then to be agents of truth and freedom in our world. Lord, please help this community to be honest, to learn to be honest, to, be, to, learn, to learn the power of love and grace, to live in it, to extend it in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anything that we can do to help you here at the church, that's why we're here. God bless you. Thank you.